this, this is a head cannon production. Circus duction. Nothing else changes, but yeah, no, it uh I, mean, I tried to watch uh what was it, uh Shadow and Bone? Yeah. I saw yeah. the trailer of it and I was like, Oh, that's just pretty tight. It's a, it's a decent show. It's pretty good. Uh, I wouldn't say it's like yeah. groundbreaking or anything like that, but it's good. Right. I, I watched we'll the whole <laughs> Okay. And you've already seen it, Jaren? I have not. I keep hearing about it. And a friend re- recommended it, but I've got, you know. I mean, now it's opened up because Falcon and Winter Soldier are done, but I haven't. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to watch things. <laughs> yeah, I did miss that void this morning. I woke up at 6 a.m. and was like, oh, I just have Invincible. That, that That's it. That's it. <laughs> but let's jump right into it. Thank you, guys. Welcome to the N-Word for Nerd podcast. I'm your host, Corny J. Jason, I'm in the building, and I have... Uh, I'm going to go to my one special guest before we go to our regular guest because, um, you know, last week we made a joke about how I was going to name the show like the B word for blurbs. But I was like, I may have like people from the Caucus Mountain come onto the show. So I probably should get it something that's universal for all people. So um, we're going to inaugurate our first Caucasian white guest. <laughs> yes, it's my good one of my best friends here, Jaren. Jaren, say what's up. Hey guys, how's it going? I'm glad to be here. I'm so white that when there's fresh batteries in a camera flash, I get a sunburn. So. <laughs> that's pretty white. Yeah, that, that, that's that's real. Yeah, that's real bad. Like, uh, and then as always, you know, as usual, as we've donned him, the Duke of all geeks or D- Duke of all nerds, because he didn't want to be the king. He said he, he said that's just too high for him, so he's going to be the Duke right now. We got Jason, my my co-host. What's going on, Jason? Nothing much, just living the best life. <laughs> hey, I know that's right. I know that's right. It's a lot of stuff going on uh, in the geek and the geek and nerd sphere. But one of the biggest reasons I brought on Jaron is because Jaron listened to the show last week, mm-hmm. and he heard your captain list and rankings for Star Trek, and him being a huge Trekkie himself, he was like, "That list is bullshit." But he agrees with our Kirk take. But <laughs> oh, I have to apologize too because I left off one captain. I actually oh, left off Archer. Yes, which is I would say he's above Kirk, but below everybody yeah. else. <laughs> wow, okay. He's above right. Pike. Come on, right. no, Pike is so like okay. okay. We're no, gonna get into that no. in a minute. Before we start, <laughs> let's go ahead and Jason remind everybody of your list, and then Jared's gonna give his list, and then we'll have the debate. So I can't Jason, remember what, what I said uh, last I, week. All right, what I said, Picard, Cisco, Janeway, and then did I go Pike, Suru, and, and then I then I kind of skipped over and then I put everybody else above Kirk. I didn't say Burnham, <laughs> I didn't say Georgiou, and I didn't say uh, Lorca. So you didn't at the have bottom like a list, gungler, didn't you? Didn't you have like a mirror one too? That was like you said. Yeah, Lorca was the, the mirror. Yeah. It's the mirror universe <laughs> yeah. captain. Oh, and uh, the the uh, Kelvin Kirk and regular Kirk, I, I lumped them all together into one bad Kirk. <laughs> but Archer, it's still above Kirk, you know. Okay. Oh, mostly because he's got Scott Bakula credit, you know. He's got the the, the mm. going for him. <laughs> but Kirk so, is definitely last. Picard, and- I have your first two swapped. I put Cisco at the top because. All right, there's a lot of things we can say about Picard. He's uh, poised. He's I don't, he's confident. Um, 
he can tell you exactly how many lights there are. But <laughs> there are like, four lights. <laughs> but Cisco occasionally, and some of probably my favorite things in Trek occurred when Cisco was playing a little bit in the gray area when he was hunting down Eddington. He straight up ruined a Maquis planet. Yeah, he committed a war Eddington out of high. Yeah, damn near a war crime. Definitely a crime against nature. I mean, he made it uninhabitable for five years. Uh, one of my favorite episodes of DS9 is uh, the one where he brings the Romulans into the war. And the whole thing is told from a unique perspective where he's actually recording his captain's log. And he's recounting what has occurred in the last couple of days. And I just saw such a range there. Like Avery Brooks, man. Um, and then, uh, so, so I put Cisco up top because of that. I got Picard. I have Archer next. Archer took, wow. Archer took, hold on, hold on. Archer took on the Zindi, right? And, and did work. Then, like, all right. He's a true explorer. Like, you got to see, like, the military aspect of the Federation hadn't been established yet. And when the Makos came on board specifically to, like, deal with the Zindi threat and everything, you saw what it was like when it was just a scientific vessel. Even though it was an exploratory vessel, I mean, it was pure science and exploration there they had weapons for self-defense but they weren't great <laughs> they didn't have real shields they had to polarize their whole platings so i mean it was it was a brilliant i i, I loved seeing those first couple steps out into the in the galaxy knowing everything that follows okay um, hold on jan stop you right there yeah. jason so why do you have archer so low and he has a number three what's your reason for him being so low <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be racist, but he's just another white guy. Just... <laughs> but also, okay, here's my real reason. I never really gelled with Enterprise as a show. I always don't like prequels because a lot of times they change the lore, they mess things up, and also Enterprise wasn't that good of a show. Like they didn't even get a, a real ending. They got a hologram, holodeck ending. They so, like, you know, like. You know, the Enterprise crew, they're fun. It's a fun set of, of, of episodes, but it's like, it's not really like, and that theme song. Oh, God. Yeah, garbage. The theme song is Hot, terrible. Garbage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lower Decks has a better theme song. Lower Decks has a better theme song. <laughs> 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 oh, all so, right, well, go ahead, I, I put Archer oh, a lot lower just because, you know, the whole the whole package is not, is not there for right. me. Point against Archer, he, I understand like they they flesh it out in the show really well about why he had such an issue with Vulcans, but that that I don't want to say racism, but I guess it's speciesism is is kind of against what the whole point of the Federation is. So yeah. granted, the Federation didn't exist yet, and he was there to found it. That's another point in his column. He was there to found the original United Federation of Planets. Hold on, hold on. Our, just because he was like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to say, hold on, but even just because he was there to found it, because he was like the racist part of the people that wanted to found it, doesn't make it a good point. Like, no, like, it's like the slave, slave owner it. that made the Constitution was like, yeah. that don't make this not a good point. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. That's fair. Right. You're saying he, starting out, his character was a little specious against Vulcans. And again, they explain it, but again, I disagree with that idea although they needed to give him some kind of flaw or something to work towards. By the end of the series, obviously, he shed that preconceived notion. Oh, yeah. okay. His yeah. science officer, T'Pol, was very, very Vulcan and extremely Vulcan. Mm. And hot, too, which doesn't... Yeah, that's another thing, man. <laughs> I get it. Nowadays, transporters will take off any, you know, foreign whatever. But those, those decontamination sequences... <laughs> 
<laughs> like, for some reason, she always went down on the planet, and for some reason, she always had to get every day. You know, they were like, also, it's a Paul. But yeah, we just said to Paul, yeah, she should go. Um, who yeah. else? That's it, right? We, we don't need to send anybody else. <laughs> no guys, guys, no dudes. No <laughs> I mean, I guess we can send trip just in case, you know, something bad. Yeah. <laughs> All uh, right, so go back to you. So this is number four now. After after Archer, number four, Janeway. I mean, uh, I, I'll i argue this till the day I die. She had the best last episode out of any of the Treks, period, end of story. Mm. She faced down the queen of the boards, and she straight took her to task. She tricked her. She was smart. The time travel thing with old Janeway, young Janeway, phenomenal. Well executed. Great storytelling. I loved every minute of it. And, I mean, it was emotional. When they get through and they're like, we're exactly where we thought we'd be. And then they, they a tragic fleet at Earth <laughs> defending it because they only had like 10 minutes to scramble or whatever. I don't but I mean, that was brilliant. Uh, then I got Pike. Um, oh, also a point in Janeway's. She never wavered from the founding tenements of the Federation. Like even when it would have been easier, even when it may have saved a life on her end, she, I don't want to say she took the hard road, but she took the right path every single time, regardless of, and I was like, she was immovable in that regard. And that two-parter episode where she ran into the other Federation captain That's a great one. and he hadn't, was phenomenal. <laughs> mm. uh, then I got Pike. And then, I mean, so you threw in a lot of discovery after just saying you don't like prequels because they screw up. Discovery though. It starts off as a prequel, but ends up as a sequel. So, right, right, which is why no other ship ever had a black alert. Yeah, you know, in the just travel throughout space mm-hmm. and time. And <laughs> I love the way the show is filmed. It's beautiful. Uh, I think Saru is trash. Uh, <laughs> his whole his whole race is like I can feel danger until my shit gets cut off, and then they realize they've been lied to for generation upon generation. So they're not the brightest. You know, fucking crayons in the box. Uh, so before I do any any of the discovery captains, and we haven't seen Burnham yet. Burnham gets her cap, her official captain this season, so she yes, might she might jump up the run because she's been a phenomenal character. She cries a lot, like you said. She cries a lot. <laughs> but I would put Ed, I put Ed Mercer, the captain of the USS Orville, ahead of any of the discovery captains. Oh wow, because that's wow. better Star Trek than Discovery. <laughs> Fight me on it. <laughs> I mean, Jason, any rebuttal to that? Uh, I would say the first season of Discovery, you're right, is terrible. It is not that good. They change the lore all over the place. Spock suddenly has a black sister out of nowhere that he never talks about. It's weird. But in season two, they were like, oh, crap, we messed up. So let's start fixing stuff. And that's what they did. They started fixing everything. And they ended right. up. I don't want to. I mean, I guess it's you know it's been three seasons. Spoiler, end up in the future, you know. So it's, it's finally like a show that makes sense to me because now they have this future kind of technology in a part of the ga- galaxy or part of the timeline we've never seen before, which is why you want to watch Star Trek in the first place. You know, I don't yes. want prequel stuff. I want see what happens later. You know, right, right, right. But it, it gets better, and like that crew, the Discovery crew, to me, is probably one of the most like cohesive crews. There's ever been because everyone, every every character, even though they don't really get to see them a lot, has their own like sort of set like sort of personality. They have quirks, they have faults. Unlike you know, like the Enterprise crews, they're all just like great people. 
You right. know, there's they have assholes on the crew, you know, but they yeah. still all work together for the greater good. And that's and it's like and they all support each other. And it's great to see that. And like a lot of times it brings a tear to my eye when they're patting each other on the back after, you know, surviving a thousand year time jump. And I'm like, oh, my God. that's so. And they're like, oh, you made it. I'm like, oh, my God. OK, it's fine. That's so that's why I'm like really it, gets better. it gets better to me. <laughs> all right. All right. That Tilly chick is really annoying. The yeah, which is great. <laughs> that's what's great about it. She's annoying. She annoys you. It's awesome. It's like, how did you get your commission? What? Who? Just nobody was. <laughs> you graduate, man. That's all you gotta do. <laughs> that's true. That is a very true fact. Oh, so, way, yeah. That person at the bottom of the class at Starfleet still gets ensign. All right. Yeah. Facts. <laughs> right. Facts. And so yeah. So then then Saru's like I just call him the worst, and then Kirk is trash. So we agree on the Kirk thing. I just yeah. <laughs> These okay, so you testosterone. absolutely so you yeah. believe that Kirk is the worst captain, and even combined in the Chris Pine Kirk, you still, <laughs> still the worst. Chris Pine makes it even worse. Oh, I, I, agree. I just wanted to clarify to make sure we are all on the same page for you. <laughs> I want, I guess, and, and it's 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 a maybe it's a little close mind. I don't know. I want the original writers of either Next Gen or or even DS Nine or Voyager. To be given the the amount of money and sets that Discovery has, because I want it to look as good as Discovery, because Discovery looks beautiful, absolutely gorgeous. But I want I want it, it. It feels so foreign compared to all the other treks. That's why I really enjoy uh, uh, the Orville, because it's got that next gen vibe with contemporary humor. And they've done like the second season of that is phenomenal all the way through. Mm -hmm. And you see the galaxy shift in ways. Uh, and I mean, they've only set it up in one season. And then by season two, things have all flipped on their head and it's great storytelling. And yeah. the ship is phenomenal. What's also great about the Orville is that Seth MacFarlane is a huge Star Trek fan. Like he yeah, basically yeah. show, like they're like, oh, you can't do Star Trek. It's like, well, well, I'll do something similar, and that's what he did. Right. Like, yeah. He made something that, like that's pretty much a love letter to the best parts of Star Trek, which is really cool to yeah. watch. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, uh, you know, as me not being a Trekkie, I'm more in the the Star Wars thing. Um, from what I hear, I'm feeling like Discovery basically just pulled a last Skywalker and was like, "Hey, you know that shit that happened to Last Jedi? It didn't really happen. We're yeah. gonna rewrite this, <laughs> make it all different now." <laughs> Those people, oh, they're fired. We got new people. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so I'm glad both franchises, like, they just, you know, retcon. Like, oh, you know what? We were joking. <laughs> or like in, uh, what is it, Community, the the, the gas leak? The gas oh, leak. Yeah. Season for yeah. <laughs> 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 Right. That was gas leak. talk about that. It was just <laughs> <laughs> uh, Well, let's go to jump onto something I think we're all enjoying so far. And I think. I'm pretty much the amateur on this list on this one because both of you guys have already read Invincible. So, the uh, season, I mean, sorry, I'm saying season, episode eight just dropped. And I know, Jaren, you haven't quite got there, right? And Jason, you've seen it already, but you kind of mm -hmm. already know what happened. So, as the guy, I guess, being the eyes for the audience. Also, I didn't say at the beginning of the show, we go full spoilers here. So, if you're listening now, because it's going to be on Sunday and you ain't watched it, that's on you. It's full spoilers. I even put it in the titles that we do full spoilers. So <laughs> don't don't at me and don't at them about it. Okay, but I felt this one, man. This was the the invincible. Like, cause usually I watch it at six a.m. 
and I won't say the morning, Jaren. I won't say the morning, but I usually watch it at 6 a.m. And as I was watching this, I was like, it, it disturbed me. Like, <laughs> one, as a father, but then two, as a son. I was like, I, I feel so bad for Mark. Like, this was pretty much the 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 war has been taken off. We know uh, Omni-Man now is looking like he's the villain. He's preparing Earth for the invasion. And he basically wanted Mark to ride with him because of uh, basically because, you know, your lineage. And Mark was like, nah, man, like he was Hulk Hogan. I'm a true American or a true Earthling. <laughs> it was like, we're not going to do this. Like, I'm going to fight you. And it was almost like the time where one of my good buddies, like he would he tried to fight his father and mm. his father really didn't want to hurt him. But he kept trying to fight his father. And then finally, his father had to like lay him down. <laughs> it reminded me of that moment. It was like, okay, Omni Man's trying to like to just kind of nudge him, even though he's nudging him in probably the worst possible way ever by letting him kill random people and destroy stuff. But the point is, he's like, come on, like, see what I'm saying? These people are useless. They don't need to be protected. And finally, he was like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> if I can't get you on my side, I'm just going to beat you into submission. It, like, it, it kind of, man, made a little thug tear drop in my eye. Be like, man. If they wanted to end the season like this, this is a great way to end it. Like Mark getting a break speed off of him, damn it to the end of his life. So again, it was shocking for me because it was like I, I, I you don't see that in our spectrum of superhero movies or films or stuff like that. You don't see that type of brutality towards someone that's supposed to be caring about each other, but also just the fact that they were willing to just to go that far, like calling his mom a pet. And like, yeah, it just it, I mean, it went hard. Like, you know. Jason, you know, and Jaren, you know, you don't talk about somebody mama. Like, that's the one that you don't do. You do not. <laughs> <somebody mama>. Right. <laughs> and so it just was tough. So um, I guess, Jason, what, what were your thoughts on what you saw from episode eight? All right. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was awesome. It definitely uh, lived up to the uh, sort of thing that happened in the comic book. It was actually a little bit more brutal on the show than it was in the comic book. Cause you don't really mm. kind of, you don't really see in the comic book kind of like the sort of human cost of it. You definitely, they tell you like, Oh, like, you know, some 3000 people died in the fight or whatever, but you don't really see him like actually like going out of his way to like kill people. And this and the scene where he holds Mark's neck and he, Oh my and God. Runs and just smashing through and they're just, they're fine. But everybody around them is getting wrecked. That was like one of the most brutal things I've ever seen. And it was insane. It was like, right. Right. But I have a nitpick. And like, this is what I kind of said from the last show was like in the comic book, that is our first sort of like big major moment is him mm -hmm. fighting his dad. Like, beforehand, it was kind of like this kind of fun, sort of generic superhero story of a, of a, of a superhero, you know, coming into his own, coming into his powers. And this, it wasn't really all that violent. It wasn't really all that like remarkable, other than the fact that it was kind of fun. And then this huge thing where, you know, his dad kills the, the, the global uh, guardians of the globe and then, you know, beats his ass. <laughs> right, right, right. It's, it's like it's almost like the Game of Thrones moment where he's like, where you're just like, what? what? Like, you're you don't know what's going to happen after that. Mm -hmm. And like the fact that it's kind of like happened now is they already had Mark get put in the hospital once. He already had him, you know, face some. Time, some trials, tribulations, it kind of like lessens the impact of him getting his ass beat by his dad because beforehand he didn't get his ass beat, you know? Right. He didn't, 
he didn't he's invincible. He like there was nobody could put hands on him. And then his dad's like, mm, let me show you. <laughs> you think you're tough. You ain't you ain't shit. <laughs> actually, that actually that's a good point because all through the, the animated show, I, I hate to say it because I mean and, and I gave it a pass because he's a he's a new hero. Mark be getting his ass whooped a lot. Yeah, Mark like he don't win too many fights. Like he usually stumbles into a one-on-one victory, but most of these fights, Mark gets the brakes beat off of him. Like even the one where the guy was rigging up them super robot human humanoid shits. Mark, I mean, dude committed suicide. Mark was getting his ass whooped before that. Like, yeah. uh, but you go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> As I said, like in the comic book, you know, in those story, like, some of the storylines that they're already showing the show that happened later after he fought his dad. So it was, you know, you know, understand that he could get his ass kicked. But some of the stuff happened, you know, like you wanted before he got into the fight with his dad, like he fought the Mahler twins and like beat them easily. You know, mm-hmm. like there was no like he, he solved a couple of smaller crimes and was completely fine. You know, he walked, he went out and fought Alan and and like, you know, and Alan's a tough alien. So he like and right. he was still fine doing that. And you know it's not until he fought his dad where you realize, oh shit, people can really get fucked up in this universe. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Jared, like I kind of wish that in the show, even though I still enjoy the show, I kind of wish that they kind of like set that up more. That you know maybe done a little slower job of you know showing that you know Mark can get hurt before you know showing that he can get hurt. I, I mean that's just I wonder. My little nitpick there. I wonder if they thought the show wouldn't do well because I feel like you could have did a whole season of Mark getting his feet wet as a superhero ended season one with Omni-Man killing the Guardians and then roll into season two with that angle going forward of like, well, why would he do that and spend the whole season trying to figure that out? Like, I feel like they just took a lot of different, like what you told me is different storylines, but I feel like they just took a lot and jammed it into this one season as if to be like, Hey guys, look, this is a good show. Come on, keep watching. Yeah. You see this? See this? Come on, keep watching. So I know Jerry, you've got it to what episode six. So where you're at, like, where's your vibe compared to the books to what yeah. you're seeing now? I a hundred percent agree with Jason. It seems like uh it, it does seem like somebody, like a showrunner or a producer, or somebody kind of looked at everything and said, We need to shrink down the timeline where we see certain things happen because we need it, we need to hook people. I think that was a, a decision that was not made in the creative room. I think that was made due to money or, you know, worry, you know, like when they rearranged all of Firefly because they thought they wanted one episode to work better than the other one. And it, right. People that don't know art creatives <laughs> make decisions in a creative space. It <laughs> never, never works out. Um, yeah. And also way bloodier than the books. Movement <laughs> 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 Along with it and all the blood and everything. But yeah, I mean, you, you got the neck meat. That's just kind of chilling, you know, on screen. <laughs> wild, it's wild. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't. Uh, it, it. I keep coming back to it. I'm not watching it day one like other things. Like mm-hmm. as soon as it, but I'll I'll let a week or two go by and then I'll grab like two or three episodes in a row and catch up. So, but uh, yeah, it's all right. It's funny. Uh-huh. The funny parts are good. I think they're well written. The timing's well well done. Every time it flashes invincible on the screen instead of him saying his name, I'm like, that's awesome. That's so dope. I do enjoy that. <laughs> um, well, I know you mentioned you've mentioned Firefly, and I don't know if he's still attached to this. I know he was helping to produce this, and I know he directed the first episode because I watched the first episode. It was like, 
Oh, for real? So we did all three. Okay. Because I know the first episode looked amazing. And I was like, who did this? So if anybody doesn't know, um, The Nevers. And Joss Whedon is attached to that. Uh, I guess he's producing. I guess he directed the first three episodes. And I know it's a huge controversy about him and... The, I'm not even going to get into it. It's a controversy with them. Do your Googles. I'm pretty sure if you're watching the show, you probably already know about it. If not, do your Googles because we're not even going to touch that part of it. We're just going to just keep it to the show. Um, so with that being said, the Nevers, um, Jason, you're the one that put me onto this. So I had to go <laughs> binge it. There's three episodes deep right now. And I'll admit I'm hooked. And I didn't get I didn't you know, on this. Oh, no, no. I, you mentioned it, but like, was, he, Jason was like, he's like, I've been watching this. You got to watch it. So I'm like, I will admit, because when I first watched it, I didn't know Joss Wheaton was attached. And I literally got a bunch of Firefly, Buffy. I got all the vibes of the Joss Wheaton thing, even the jokes. Strong women. Sure. Well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I want to enjoy it, but I want to make this one point about Joss Wheaton. His comedy works way better for TV than it does for movies. Because those jokes and those witty banter and all that stuff works a lot better rather than making like an ADHD flash or like even in the Avengers, well, more Age of Ultron. It, it some of those jokes don't land very well, but for TV, those jokes land very well, which I'll give them credit for that. But no, uh, the never is basically for people who don't know, it's on HBO Max or HBO, um, about a group of women who have developed powers. And I guess in this mythology, some of the men have some powers, a few of them do. But my one thought on this when I watched it after the second episode was, huh, Joss Wheaton just took the end of Buffy season seven and just made a whole show based <laughs> off of that. The people who watched Buffy, it was like unlocking the potentials and then all the potential slayers got slayer powers. And it was like, oh, now we have this slayer army. It pretty much Joss Wheaton was like, you know what? That'd be a great idea for a show. What if all these women all of a sudden got these powers randomly and now we're a threat to society? And there we go. And so, but I do appreciate the show. But I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. So I'll start with Jaren, then we'll go to Jason. What do you think, Jaren? It scratched my X-Men itch. Phenomenal. Mm. Uh, the betrayal of the girl in the second episode that can levitate things brought me back to uh, the first X-Men, the Brian Singer X-Men, where Iceman's betrayed by his bro his own brother, like pointed mm -hmm. out to the cops. You know, same vibes, same... Uh, oh, God. The main character is phenomenal, top to bottom. I love her Irish partner with Penance, uh, Mr. Dare. Um, <laughs> uh, don't think I was sleeping on that that thing, that line in the second episode when you know Lady Wheels was telling her brother that, listen, we can't have a touched in the family, let alone an Irish. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I was going to text you. I was like, but I'm going to talk to her later today. Probably not. I was like, ooh, right, ooh. You got one or the other. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and I mean, I don't want to jump all the way to the end right now, but that walking on water fight sequence from this last episode oh. is the best fight sequence I've seen in super powered movies, TV, anything ever. It is sitting at the top of my list. It is phenomenal. So phenomenal that if you kept watching after the credits, they had like a 10-minute VFX breakdown of how they did it, and it's mm. well worth watching. Oh, I didn't see that. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so good. The way he moves on the water is unique, and they were like, it didn't want it to feel like he was walking on a, a, a flat plane, so he walks almost like he's on a springboard, and it ripples mm. the water out and everything. It was just phenomenal from top to bottom. Absolutely loved it. And I'm not going to lie, 
uh, I'm man enough to admit when Mary got shot, I fucking I lost it. I stood up and, <laughs> and I was like, this is this is stupid. I don't this is <laughs> just to put in context that moment, I literally text Jason and goes, God damn, the Nevers first three episodes is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm hooked. It was right after Mary got shot. I was like, it's over. I'm hooked. I gotta I gotta I gotta see this through now. I can't leave it. <laughs> oh yeah. And then he's yeah. shot by the dude who's got blood bullets. He's just blood blood blood. Or his blood yeah. bullets. It's, it's I thought Mungie was going to go ham. He <laughs> shot the dude in the face, but I thought it was going to be more. I don't know. I, I, oof. So Mundy's yeah. gay? Is that what we're getting from their conversation prior to that? <laughs> but straight up. She was like, I know you would never try it. And I mean because you're a gentleman, not for the other reason. Right, and right. He, and he's out with that swan dude. And he did mention like, oh, he was like, Man's it was one like, time and I was drunk. And he was like, uh, the other yeah. time you weren't drunk. So that's a, the first time you were drunk or something like right. that. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What but I feel like he's, he's really, I mean, I don't think he's maybe he's not gay, he's bisexual because he seems to really care for Mary as well. Mm. So I mean we gotta we gotta throw in the, the proper pronouns for people, proper, sure. you know, sure. you might enjoy and it's also Victorian Eng England, so it's like right. You know, you couldn't just be like, I love everybody. You know, it's fine. You know, you, you had to pick, pick your lane. <laughs> so like, what do you think, Jason? What's your thoughts on the, on the Nevers? I am loving it, too. Um, you know, I was kind of apprehensive because it was being produced by Joss Whedon. But then I but then I heard that he was uh, fired halfway through the, the season. So but the first three episodes... Like the dude knows what he's doing. Like he, you can't, you can't say he doesn't have talent and he's not. He, he knows what he's doing and he did a great job setting this world up, setting the, the characters up. And as I said, the witty banner is just on point. It's like it's it's like prime Buffy right here with, with mm -hmm. these characters, and they're all just. Oh, like, don't don't say that. Jaron hates Buffy. He oh, thinks well, Buffy sorry. is one of the worst shows ever. Don't worry, we'll argue that another day. Thank you. Thank it's you. A question, it's a question of camp versus legitimate drama. <laughs> what I mean, I, I'm a huge, huge Firefly fan. I can't even yeah. say it. Firefly fan. Firefly fan. Firefly fan. <laughs> but I'm also a huge fan. I loved, I liked, you know, a lot of Joss Whedon's work. Um, and this is this is just like one of those things. I hope that whoever has taken over can kind of you know emulate his style and emulate his yeah. ability to write convincing and compelling characters. So we we shall see as you know as progress because I I believe like the first three episodes were completely one hundred percent like his, and after that he was axed. So everything following these next few episodes will be someone else who is uh, running the show. So hopefully they'll be able to do it. But I like the world. I, I'm always a big fan of like Victorian England era. It's like a mm -hmm. fun, fun time to do things. I mean, like there's a whole genre of a fantasy that just takes place in like Victorian esque, you know, such a setting. Yeah. yeah. So like it's it's fun. It's a fun show. Uh, at first, like you know, kind of the the effects were kind of a little bit wonky, especially in the first episode. But like you know, in the next two, they brought it up to another level. Like especially mm -hmm. as you said, that water fight, I was like, how they do that? And like I studied, you know, special effects in in college. That was my major, <laughs> and I was I like, do. oh my god, <laughs> like how they do that? And so no, that was yeah, like a really cool insane. fight scene. Something that you ne like, I personally haven't seen in ever. You know, someone standing on water while someone's swimming under them. That was amazing, amazing fight scene. I'm well, I'm even just being amazing, like like you said, how how it's shot because yeah, there was a lot of tension building in that fight. Like one, how she was going to escape this, but then two, like 
like, what do you want to do with this? Like, this dude's a monster. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was because it's not just her too. fighting him. And she's also fighting not drowning. She's, you know, fighting the current of the river, you know, like, and this guy's just walking around, like, picking his shots, like, oh, there you are. Let me come and, oh, yeah. and <laughs> So, like, it was a lot of different levels going on in that little, in that scene. And it was, it was, it was great. It was, it was very compelling to see, but to watch. So. I made a note in the first episode when you first meet Nick Frost's Beggar King. It might, yeah, first, yes. beginning of the second episode, he mentions that guy and he goes, can't get this boy into a bath, and it's a throwaway <laughs> line. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Wow, I didn't yeah. that that's really good. Cross, uh, like, that dude, like he, I don't know, like how he does it. Like he has always been a favorite of mine. Like uh, I've liked him since he's on Spaced with with Simon Pegg. <laughs> so like he's always been a favorite of mine, and like he plays like great like badass villains, like. He does really well as the like the cockney, grimy dude, and I like I like seeing him as that. Like I wish, and like uh, a buddy of mine, his idea first, but I'll, I'll repeat it. Uh, I wish they would, he that he would been cast as the penguin because like he can do like mm. that oh, sort of like grimy criminal underworld, yeah, you know, badass, intimidating dude, and he would have been like a perfect penguin in my mind. And, and this show kind of like. It kind of like makes it, you know, even more evident to me because it's just like yeah. he essentially is that character without the waddle and you know the gimmick. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's not he's not gonna go full Danny DeVito basically. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> biting yeah. people's noses I mean, off and shit. <laughs> every everything Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright's probably my favorite, if not my second favorite director. So, mm. and I mean, obviously Nick Frost and and uh, Simon Pegg run run together. Uh, in all of Edgar Wright's stuff, for the most part. So, yeah, I mean, I've always had oh, a song. We got we got to have the conversation because me and you have argued this. Me, you, and Alex have argued this. We're going to bring Jason in for this one. Is the Simon Pig movies are they are they are they officially a trilogy or not? Well, the so, director of the three movies thinks that they're right. a trilogy, so therefore, I have to lean in the creative spirit and say that it's a trilogy. However. Thank you. However, <laughs> they do not connect to one to each other whatsoever. They are three different movies. <laughs> but the guy who created them and the people who worked in them say they're a trilogy, so therefore they are a trilogy. Oh, clarify what what's the trilogy called? The Cornetto trilogy. And why is it called that? Because the little uh, little little things they eat in England, like little ice cream sandwiches. They, they eat one of those ice cream things in every one of the movies. Yeah, <laughs> that's so. I guess that's connected tissue. So what we're saying is that this is a Men in Black style trilogy where that universe is inside these Cornetto boxes. In that <laughs> <Yeah>. trilogy, <laughs> like the locker, what was it? The locker scene at the end of Men in Black was the whole yeah, universe in it. Yes, yeah, the whole yeah, universe yeah. is the in those. Marble the dog. <laughs> right. <laughs> Again, that was my argument. It's a trilogy because the director said it's a trilogy. Like, Jerry, your rebuttal is <laughs> it's not a trilogy because there's different people and the same actors playing completely different people in completely different circumstances. It's not See, like, you know, growing up in high school, you go to like AP uh, English and they teach you and they make you read the books and they say, this is what the author meant. And you go, is this really what the author meant? And, you, you know, I always have to say, ask myself the questions like, is this really what he intended to say? And when they actually say, yes, this is what I intended to say. Then you go, OK, that's what they that's what it is. You know, you can't, <laughs> you can't interpret it if that's what the author meant it to be. You know? I think he says it. Like to be cheeky, I don't think he ever is serious when he says it. 
just for just in, in respect, if that is a universe, what fucked up universe is that? That you got zombies, occultists, robot. Yeah. and robot aliens. <laughs> Man, that is a fucked up universe to live in. All they're missing <laughs> is a wizard. Right? <laughs> the big three. <laughs> right. The big three. <laughs> Wizards is no wizards. <laughs> I mean, the only world that didn't end was was Hot Fuzz. They just, you know, fought the cultists and they win. It like it just went on. Yeah, yeah. 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 Shaun of the Dead. They they have zombies now. That's a thing. I wouldn't want to live in that world. And then and the world's in. The world ends. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. So even more make it in the trilogy because the last one's world's in and the world ends. So into the trilogy, nice. <laughs> But, don't yeah. know, but okay, I know we just sidetracked there for a minute because I just, I mean, me and Jaren and Alex, we have these kind of crazy geek conversations all the time. And I'm always like, look, again, our director, if he said it's a trilogy, it's a trilogy. I don't care. Maybe they all are just, uh, I guess, triple gangers. You know, maybe he's inventing a I new mean, thing, a triple ganger. <laughs> you got to also say, like, like Quentin Tarantino thinks all his movies are, like, they take place yeah. in the same universe, too. Yeah. So, But some are movies in his, in his universe, while some mm -hmm. are actual occurrences in this universe so we don't i mean it's it's up to the, the creator to like to define how his work sure. next to each other in actually my i heard like something like is it django and tarantino's movie like the uh, like the ancestor of like i think sam jackson's character in pulp fiction or something something, something weird like that that connects them yeah yeah it's a whole little it's like that pixar thing where everybody connects the pixar movies and Says yeah. they're in different time and order to make it the Pixar theory. So yes, I feel like the same way Tarantino. Like after the sixth movie was like, oh, hold on, yeah, these are in the same universe. How about that? And now people <laughs> yeah, look for all the Disney Apple too. cigarettes. Yeah, I think Disney, Disney, right? Like the yeah. storm in, in uh, the Little Mermaid is what Elsa's parents in Frozen die during. The one of their boats gets got there, right? So, yeah. yeah, they all are supposed to tangentially, except for the Lightning. I think the creator of the Lion King at one point said, I don't think there's any humans in this world. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They are. Look, if there's talking there, lions, no the planet's <laughs> theirs. If they're out there, lions talking and communicating, I I submit to you, lion. This is very, your very British African <laughs> animals. <laughs> right, right. All right, well, let's go into another, uh, speaking of the Lion King, and then, I mean, I feel like Lion King was, like, the first real black Disney movie. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. It, it, just because it was set in Africa, I had, we got to take the W. Especially at the time, we didn't have no other black people in Disney, so it was like, take the W. Let's run. Oh, no, we didn't have the Jim Crows, but I don't think we want to claim them. Because they're all white. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. The play, the people that played them were all white anyway, so that's that. Yeah, yeah. It, really? Oh man. Oh, oh yeah, you know that. Come on, it's Disney. Uh, <laughs> so we finally got something Netflix gave. You know, I ain't gonna say they threw us a bone, but they kind of decided to give us something for the culture. So we got Yasuke on Netflix, which about the Black Samurai. Which oddly enough, when I did some research on this one, because I decided to do some stuff besides just watch it, um, the story of Yasuke is actually a, supposedly a true story. And, and yeah, and they're legend about a black samurai. Um, I'm gonna say first and foremost, Netflix, please keep putting stuff out that is black with black centric characters. Don't do this shit no more. <laughs> I'm just going whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, don't do this shit no more. You don't have nice things to say about cultural appropriation <laughs> in series. Look, so I'm gonna start with one. Okay, cool. Like you're gonna give us this backstory of like you know, his like, you know, he's Got PTSD from his time being the Black Samurai and all that. 
I'm more interested in that story than the bullshit they gave us. I want to know how he rose up through the ranks and why was he a slave with that merchant? Like, I want to know about all that shit before I find out one ounce about this future. It seemed like from the time he stopped being a samurai to the time this world came on, it was like the whole world had fucking changed on him. Like, we got fucking werewolves and well, bear wolves and bear, fucking, bear yeah, <laughs> robots. Like, no, no, not mechs, but robots. Like, Literal, legit robots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 I, it, it, <laughs> It was almost like kind of like we talked about with Invincible. Like they were like, oh, we don't know if this is gonna be renewed, so let's just get to the meat of it. This felt like to me, they were like, Hey, look, you think people want to hear about a black samurai, a former slave? Yes! Yeah, you're right. Let's let's throw some <laughs> fucking throw some fucking mutants in there and shamans <laughs> and secret powers from this. I guess she's supposed to be an Asian girl. Like they just felt like they just like, well, fuck it. We're gonna take a chance and let's do a little bit of that story in there, but we're just gonna make up some random shit and go with it. She's got a bad uh, case of Avatar State tiredness too. Oh my god! Oh my god! Going in and out of the Avatar State and then having to take a nap. No, no, she reminded me of. She reminded me from Storm in the '90s X Men. Remember Storm in the '90s X Men would do one oh, fucking storm and be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> like, no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Finish up Cyclops. <laughs> I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> she reminded me of Storm, like bright powers. <laughs> I'm like, all right, this chick's about to go to sleep. So I look, Lakeith Stanfield. I mean, say what you want to say about the dude. I did buy into him as voicing Yasky. I thought he did a really good job. Yeah. I thought he was probably the only person that did well in all of the voice acting. All the rest of it, man, you can <laughs> keep that. The fight scenes was okay. Nothing I will write home about. Anything I haven't seen in better anime, but it, it wasn't for me. I just felt like they put that in and they get me and Jason to watch it and then be like, <laughs> oh, because you know, black people. You guys are only partially in the anime, so you won't find out that this is like bullshit anime. Like, and that's what it felt. It felt like some bullshit cash in anime for me. I do not recommend seeing this shit. I mean, if it's some good shit in there, you could probably YouTube the action scenes. Fuck that shit, man. I'd rather just hear about the Black Samurai story and give me that than all this bullshit you gave me, man. Fuck it. What do you think, Jason? I I only watched the first episode, so but I hundred percent agree with you. Like, I already knew about the story, you know, I think I heard about this earlier this year or maybe late last year about, you know, there actually being a black samurai in, in Japan. And like, I read up on it a little bit and it's actually like this really interesting story about this slave that comes to Japan is like they, you know, basically the, the shogun of the time buys him, buys his freedom. is like, this guy's crazy. And then he becomes a legit samurai like that other samurai are like in awe of like, Thing like that's an amazing story. Like he he becomes a well respected. Like he's like the right hand man of the Shogun, mm-hmm. and like there was one point where like people were so excited to see him, like they had to like, you know, basically like uh, send people home. Like they basically had to tell people, give people a curfew because people are just wanting to go see this guy because he was just that great of 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 a celebrity to them, and like just to see this show just like take maybe the little kernel of the story that is already interesting in itself and just like mm-hmm. completely animate it and it's just it was just really disappointing to me. It was like this this story by itself is interesting. We don't need talking robots or magic little girls or Russian werebears. We just need like <laughs> the story that it is that is there. Cause that like that there's already drama and conflict in a in in a, in a black guy being in feudal Japan when they're you know like Japan has been like an isolationist nation like that is like that story is amazing (laughs) right right a samurai like it's like come on like it writes itself so like easy easy money (laughs) i'm not a big fan of anime um i'm i 
It used to be back in the day, back when it wasn't cool. Now it's cool. And I'm like, nah, you guys don't know. <laughs> <laughs> technically, that's not anime, but I'm not going to. That's fair. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I love me some Avatar, but technically it's not me anime. Too. So I watched Make it. I, I, I tried to give this show my good, honest college try. And after the first episode, I'm like, I don't need to watch this no more. <laughs> like, mm. like they took something that could have been like special and unique and just and just been like and just jizzed all over it. I'm sorry. That's facts. <laughs> facts. But you know, it's funny. Um when I heard about the, you know, after I was doing my research on it. So before uh you know, rest in peace chat with that. He, they were in talks of doing a live action version of that story with Chadwick Boseman being the uh, being Yasuke, um, which I thought would have been amazing if they actually would have went through with that. They could still do it. Like it is, it's not off the shouldn't be off the table. It'd be better than last samurai. Well, I, I like the last samurai. So, but oh yeah, last samurai. It would be better than that. Let's, okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Idris Elba. I'd love to see Idris Elba do that. And this, this is the cool thing about the story is because, you know, he's this African guy. He was like 6'5", in a time yeah. when most Japanese people were like 5'3", or something crazy. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he towered over people. But it wasn't just his physical prowess that made him such a great samurai because you can't just be, you know, strong to be a samurai. You got to be smart and intelligent. And he spoke fluent Japanese by the time he got there. Like, he had this amazing story, and you had decided that it was be better with robots. I will tell it that like they they kept those things in, but they didn't emphasize it. They kept in that he spoke Japanese. They kept in how everybody kept referring to his height uh, and his He's and his skin actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> so, they did keep that stuff in, but they didn't really emphasize like why that was important. Unless you like you said, you know the side story, but in the in that story itself, they kind of just kept that in to be like, oh, for the people they may understand this. But uh, Jaren, you watched the whole series. What did you think? Uh, mechs in feudal Japan. The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> also, oh damn, they tried to wash the black off him, and then, and then <laughs> bought him. I don't know if it came across that they were buying his freedom. He was like, "Also, I'll take that guy." So I, it sounded like he straight up. It's true, dude. That is true. Yeah, um, he just bought a slave. Yep. The. The 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 best character in the whole thing for me was was the robot dude. Um, oh shit, it's a black guy. Are you two related? Okay. <laughs> I lost my shit. Lost my shit. I and did you know what laugh makes it, that line. Like, you know what's funny? It's, it was so PC. They were like, "Hey, we can't get somebody that's white to say this, but the robot, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the robot can say whatever." <laughs> because growing up in 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 rural Georgia what, or suburban Georgia, that happens a lot. Like, oh, there's another black guy. Y'all know each other? Like, I don't know him. <laughs> you, hold on, Jason. You didn't get the, 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 the directory of every black person in the world? Yeah, I didn't mean, get I that list when you were a book. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I stole mine away too, man. I got tired of Holly Berry calling me all the time. So I was you like, look, I'll... black card just in case you need it. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, go ahead, Jerry. Um, I did like how a little bit of liquor spilled on the mech and he shorted out, even though the first time we see him, he's fighting on top of a fucking frozen river. Yep. That seems stupid. Uh, right. <laughs> the, I think one of the best quotes, um, first of all, I'm not a fan of organized religion, so I, I love it when a priest is a bad guy because I'm like, yep, that seems right. When he breaks out his brass knuckles and... 
And then uh, Yusuke's response is, because he's like, this is this is God about to teach you a lesson. And he fucking just racks him across the jaw. He's like, your God punches like an old woman. I was like, Beautiful. oh, shit. That's phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he getting got by a crucifix. Thought that was a perfect way to go for him. And uh, and you you you're my Star Trek guy. And if you if you finish out the series, at some point they get into an astral plane, and it it looks exactly like the Badlands between Maquis space and the Federation space. It's got the vertical tubes of storm with clouds in the bottom and the top. It's straight up the Badlands. It's just a Technicolor version of it. <laughs> they just borrowed it. <laughs> yeah, and they refer to that that Russian chick as a wolf twice. Somebody yeah. should kill the artists. She was a wolf and not a bear. Because <laughs> like I felt like because she definitely like, was oh, drawn a like bear. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Russian bear it makes sense, but she tracks yeah. like a wolf. I don't know if ursine animals have that kind of tracking ability, but she tracks like a wolf. So, and another oh, character yeah. said, "I saw a giant wolf in the woods," referring to her at some point. So I'm like, is, "What is she?" It's definitely a bear, but. Because yeah. they should have taken yeah. one. Fact, hey. Short face. I mean, it's a bear. But. Fun fact that I learned on TikTok, a polar bear can stalk its prey up to six miles, so they do have a exceptional okay. tractability. Okay. Wow. Okay. Okay. TikTok. Right. Fair enough. I will give her credit, too, that like whenever she transformed, her clothes stayed on, which was a Should whatever fabric they made for her like it, it worked because it didn't it didn't shred like the hulk or like <laughs> right. most werewolf movies the clothes get shredded and they're like naked when they transform so i don't know if that was a decision because it was maybe it could this definitely wasn't for kids i don't know if that was a decision made for that or it was just like oh this would be cool because we got robots so why not have a uh, mr fantastic suit as well yeah. be yeah. involved in this <laughs> so Right, right. It's Japan. Um, Anything can happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, evidently, yes. Technology is limitless. All takes place in Wakanda. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's what happens at the end. Did you see at the end? At the very end, I'm like, oh, did motherfucking Yasuke make it to Wakanda? Yeah. He gets, like, yeah. overlooks this beautiful, new, luscious green area, and I'm like, when he went back to Africa? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> You didn't give any context of what he was doing now. It's just he walked and found this good area and was like, I can't. Uh-oh, Jason, you're gone. You're dead. You're muting. You're muting. I think your, your mic died. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Am I back? Yes. Oh, yeah, but I'm like, yeah. You just like, Thanos is just like, oh, I'm going to hang it up and start became a farmer after this. Like, I, I, I wouldn't recommend it. I don't know about you, Jan. Would you recommend this or... No, it's three <laughs> hours you can spend somewhere else. <laughs> I agree, hundred percent. I like that it was only six episodes and they're only thirty minutes pop. So you text me today saying, "Hey, we're going to talk about it," and as I, I was able to squeeze that in today as a result because it wasn't, you know. But yeah, yeah. it had some yeah. good points. Like I said, I like the I like the robot. I think his character is the most fun. He clearly he gives no fucks. He's not PC. <laughs> oh look, I'm black essentially. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. right. Yeah. I, uh, well, go ahead, Jake. I just hope it's it's popular enough that you know Hollywood can say this is a viable story and that they can actually make like a live action story about this actual thing that happened, and you know give us a story about that rather than this crappy anime. So hopefully it does well enough that you know somebody will be like, oh, we can just take the story and make a movie out of it, and then they'll fuck it up, obviously. But 
You know, yeah. at least we'll try. <laughs> fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. We can only hope. Uh, but yeah. speaking of something that's been fucked up by people writing, getting bad writers, let's talk about the DCU. So the DC uh, movie universe, which is probably like gotten the, the most yeah, <laughs> I like that. We're going to follow that from the rest of the show. The DCQ. Uh, <laughs> so they probably got the most heat probably of any movie franchise or universal movie kind of thing going on. And so we were decided to take a moment to say, if we had to stop right here, and this means Zack Snyder's Justice League does not, does not, does not include it. We're going with the, the Justice League. That's still being canon. How could you remake it going forward to make the right to ship? So I'm going to start with Jason and then Jared, and then we'll wrap this up and see what ideas will come up with. So Jason, if you had to use the Justice League as the start, as the last point of the movie, how do you write this ship? Uh, by ignoring everything that happened before. <laughs> Rebooting everything. <laughs> no, well, here's the thing for me. It's like DC has had 80 years of, characters we don't need origin stories we don't need come together stories we just need movies with these characters in it and the characters hopefully you know being somewhat like the characters that we know and love right like so we don't need like another like i don't need like a flash origin movie i don't need a cyborg origin movie i don't want to see batman's parents get shot for the three thousandth time like give me like Give me Dick Grayson. Give me give me Booster Gold. Give me a, a Green Arrow movie. Give me give me John freaking Stewart for crying out loud! Like you know, like I just read something today that they were making an HBO show, uh, starring um, I can't remember the actor's name, but some generic white guy, and they're doing Guy Gardner, and I'm like, you know, Guy Gardner's mm-hmm. fun, but like, like this is it's 2021. Like you have so like such a breadth of characters. You have such a a, a well to, to pull from and you're, you're always picking up the blandest aspects of your universe. Like they were talking about doing like a trench movie. Like who cares about the trench? I don't care about this. <laughs> like, like, I don't care about that. Like, give me like a bat family movie. Give me like actual Dick Grayson and, and Tim Drake and the red hood. And like, uh, like them teaming up to fight the court of owls or something like that. I don't know. It's like, Give me like these characters that you already have that you've already written for, and just make movies with them in it. You don't need to, to, to do be fancy. Just do like HK films with with Red Hood, you know, shooting people. I don't know. It's it's it's, it's <laughs> quite simple. Like the one of the the best movies that I best superhero movies that I, that has come out in the last ten years, to, in my opinion, is Dread with uh, Carl Urban, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a great movie. It does not expand the universe whatsoever. It does not give us anything about Judge Dredd as a person. Doesn't do anything besides do Judge Dredd and a day in the life of him. And he just kills people and does awesome action shit and says, I am the law really coolly. And that's it. And that's awesome. That whole, <laughs> you know? movie, that whole movie takes place in that one building. In that one building. Yeah. You get at the beginning, you get something outside of it for maybe 15 minutes and then we're at that building and that's it. Yeah. Right. And it was amazing. It was great. Yeah. It was yeah. phenomenal. It'll never happen again. Cause it didn't make no money, but still <laughs> Warner <laughs> Brothers can do stuff like that. They can make movies. I mean, like right now they're, they're literally giving them away for free. So like just 
give me a you know fifty million dollar movie that stars you know Booster Gold or 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 uh, let's go with freaking um, Mister Terrific, somebody like that, you know, something like that's you know not you know this giant you know world anything. This is day in the life of the superhero, and you can just put in references to connect it to other things. Like the thing that they don't realize is that Iron Man, the first Iron Man, they didn't, you know, talk about all the other superheroes the first time. I mean, it was like the last, after the movie was done, then they brought in Sam Jackson, like, hey, there might be other people out there. And that was it. <laughs> right, 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 right. Like, you don't have to do stuff like that. You can be like, oh, like, you know, as Dick Grayson's fighting in Gotham, you might, you know, hint at Superman being around or hint that, you know, Green Lantern's around. You don't have to, like, you know, set these things up in a way that you have to ex fully explain it because we've already been with these characters for almost a century. <laughs> so <laughs> we don't need to be like spoon fed this stuff anymore. Just make the content. And like, they've done that before. They made like, their animated movies are phenomenal because they just make the content, right? Yes. Like that's all they have to do. Just, in fact, you don't have to make, do anything to do. Just take your animated movies and make them live action and call it a day, you know? <laughs> Just do that, yep. and I'll be happy, and, you, and you'll get my money from you. That's it. That's it. All right, so that's Darren, how do you fix it? I think they're going the right direction. They clearly don't have the patience or the talent to do what Marvel's doing. I think the direction they're going now where a director can come up with a script that they approve using any one of their superheroes. They can cast it. They don't have to worry about what happened before, what happened prior. They don't have to worry about casting a specific actor to continually play the same character over again. And that director is free upon approval to just make a movie, like you said, kind of like slice of life in that particular character. If they have a good story and the character fits that story, then yeah, absolutely. Uh, I didn't like the Joker because it could have just been any psychopath that happened to like clowns no reason for it to be the Joker in that whole entire movie. But if they take oh, Batman push back a little bit on the Joker right. one, only slightly. So because they frame the Joker as a, like a what if thing, like it wasn't supposed to be part of any continuity. It was supposed to be an individual. Sure. What they did with the Joker is what I wish the Star Wars stories would have done with the Star Wars universe, where you could have taken just a, a random, like it doesn't have to be any of the Skywalkers. It don't got to be any Boba Fett. It's just, a random dude in the universe doing some shit. Like, even the movie Solo. If it doesn't about Han Solo, just about a random, like, theft in the universe, that, that's the way it works. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it's a heist movie. It works. So when I look at the Joker, I'm like, oh, okay, like, this is what I wanted from the Star Wars universe, where if you're going to give me these what-if kind of moments, then, yeah, like, make a, just a good story. Because you can make an argument, the Dark Knight don't need Batman or the Joker. You can make that a crime thriller, and it works almost the same goddamn way. The best superhero movies are usually the movies where you don't need the superheroes. It's the drama in the story that sets it up. The superheroes is just the extra buy-in for us. Like we love, we love Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier works without having to be Captain Bucky. I mean, yeah. like the characters itself, it can work the same way. Just maybe the hundred-year thing would be a little hard to figure out for human beings, but you can figure <laughs> out a way to make it more Martin. Like, like political. Your friend, it's essentially like. The Winter yeah. Soldier is like Goldeneye, you know, your your partner from a long time ago is coming back and haunting you, and you're like, oh shit, yeah. now what am I gonna do about it? You know, right. that's but, but I'm have... always push back on the Joker, but go ahead, go ahead, Jerry. <sighs> then have Batman in it, even for a little bit. <laughs> 
Otherwise, that's one of my biggest pet peeves about movies as well. Yeah. Like, you can't give me Morbi- Morbius without Spider-Man. Like, you yeah. can't give me Venom yeah. without Venom Catwoman without. without Batman. Like, yeah. you can make a movie about Catwoman. That's fine. But you got to, like, say Batman's around. The Gotham TV show. Hey, guys, let me pitch you a show. It's going to be a Batman universe, but without Batman. And we're going to keep tending to a better show every single episode. You're going to be like, why isn't this taking place 20 years in the future when they're actually right. <laughs> make him new Batman? Make him still figuring it out. Don't make him a kid. I'm just, yeah. Uh, uh, or um, just keep, him out of, keep every single other character out of it and make it just a shitty Gotham crime procedure. Like, yeah, like yeah, some people think like seven is Gotham before Batman became Batman, you know, oh, like nice. right. a oh, shitty town. You know, you can do some. You can do some minor like characters, like you know your gangsters, like the Falcones and what have you. Yeah. But you know, don't give me like the Penguin or or the Joker before Batman hits puberty. Like that doesn't make any damn sense. You know? <laughs> it does not. Um, I have to say, not a big Star Wars fan. Absolutely love the Mandalorian, and it took them more than a season for us to bump into a Jedi. Yeah, and yeah, they couldn't even we, postpone that long enough to make it work. Yeah, yeah. and it was phenomenal. <laughs> Oh, but, I, I was on I was on the edge of my seat the entire time, and then uh, oh, what's her face comes in as Ahsoka. Ahsoka yeah. yeah, she knocked it out of the park in my opinion. They got clearly they needed to call the Marvel guys on the the, the facial de aging thing for Hamill because that's <laughs> tragic. Um, my boys at Corridor Digital redid the facial animation did a better job. Better job, way better job. Like training an AI <laughs> with old pictures of Mark Hamill. I just, uh But yeah, um, it doesn't, yeah, fucking, I'm, it's a galaxy. There's gotta be more stories out there that don't involve the fucking Skywalkers. <laughs> like, <laughs> it also goes back to a point, especially the Mandalorian, is like, let people who are fans of the, of the genre, let people who are talented as filmmakers and as storytellers, Take characters and do fun things with them. Right. And mm-hmm. Basically, for the most part, get out their way. That's basically what happened with the Mandalorian. Is like they let Bottom Dave Filoni and and John Favreau just do stuff and have fun because it was like a TV show. They didn't give a shit about a TV show, and it became super super awesome. Whereas in the main timeline, they're like put all their fingers in. It's got to be got to sell toys and it's got to be diverse and it's got to be all those other things. And you and after a while, it just becomes a mess. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what happened with the DC universe. It's got all we gotta, you know, sell a million dollars. We gotta sell a billion dollars. Got to be better than Marvel, and it's it's just a mess. And rather than just letting the create, even though I probably would never pick Zack Snyder to run the universe because, in my opinion, he does not understand the characters he's given. He does great fight scenes and does great action, but like character work is not his forte. Don't get me wrong; he's you know he's doing it. I'm not. Obviously, he's better at it than I am, but. In my humble opinion, he does not do character work, even though Ben Affleck is probably the best Batman ever. So, absolutely, absolutely, one hundred. That is not a hot take. That is a great take, and I'm glad we got you all. And I will anybody disagrees with me is obviously Batman. If you think that Ben Affleck is not the best Batman, he's awesome at it. He's great. I mean, but he's going to be in there killing people, though. That's all the things. He he's got a lot of guns. Yeah. But yeah, For only that. Kevin Conroy is the only one we would take, but he was he was the voice, not the man in the suit. So, um, but yeah, Jared, go ahead and finish up if you got anything left on how to fix the DCU. 
Yeah, I just I think I think that's the way they're gonna do it because Snyder is nowhere near the level that Feige operates at. And Feige is what's holding the Marvel Cinematic Universe together. Mm-hmm. Does DC try to play catch up and do what Feige did in five movies in two movies? Right. It can't, it can't be done. So no. They, awesome. they, didn't, they don't know they don't have the patience because they couldn't you gotta you gotta lay the foundation with good movies and Thor one, you know, to, to get that foundation down and then you do your Avengers. You don't jump into the Justice League second movie in Batman v Superman and the Justice League. It's, no, no. Or you just jump into the Justice League without trying to hold our hands about it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, right. Uh, there's a, a the, I don't know if y'all ever seen this, but uh, Justice League War was uh, like kind of like the New Fifty Two reboot for the animated movies, and right. it was basically we're in New Fifty Two now. Here are your characters, and like it was an interesting setup. They had all the characters come together. You know, they had Batman show his Batmanness, like, oh yeah, you're Hal Jordan, you're uh, you know Barry Allen, you know, and like, how do you know? Like, I'm a fucking Batman. I know shit. Right, <laughs> right, right. And they had what was it? Uh, Green Lantern was like, oh, I thought you were a bat, like a real bat or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, I thought you were a real bat. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was fun. <laughs> and it gave pretty much everybody like their their room to shine and why their powers are are important in the team, but also gave them like dark side from the jump. So it was a reason why they needed to come together because it was dark side. It wasn't fucking Steppenwolf. Who gives a shit about him? Like it was actual dark side. And his parademons and freaking open up, you know, boom gates and shit, and 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 coming in to fucking destroy the world. So, it it's not like you have to build these things up because, as I said, we we know Batman, we know Wonder Woman, we know Superman. You know, maybe you want to do a little thing about Martian Manhunter, but you know, the Flash, Aquaman. We don't really need to to know what they're all about. We don't really need to know where they come from. We just need to know what their powers are, what their personalities are, and how they all fit together to fight off the big bad thing. And that's like, and you can, it's, it's not easy. You need an origin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the world doesn't know Booster Gold like comic. Well, Booster Gold will need well, an origin story, but yeah, like yeah. a Booster well, Gold story actually, would be fun because it could be like it's time travel, so you don't have to start at the beginning of the story. You can right. start that's what, any part you, of the story. So you stole my idea because when I was writing about how I would change it, the first character I came to, so I'm thinking of it, thinking of it. Booster Gold is how I would reboot the whole franchise. I'll reboot the whole franchise with Booster Gold and the fact there's time travel involved. Start the whole first 30, 35, 40 minutes of the movie showing how Booster Gold is a wannabe hero. He's a loser. But it being, and I stole this from the Flash TV show, being a mark that like the Justice League basically get killed in the past. And so it spawned a whole movement of these younger heroes from trying to take the spot and boost the goals in that younger hero group that's trying to like figure out how to be like the next great hero, but he's a he's a poser. But then I would have started with him, give him his villain, run his movie, but at the end of the movie, introduce the Blue Beetle, Hame, not I, I want I want my Latino representation, but Hame and is the Blue Beetle. And then that leads into the next one. And basically, you'll build this B team of DC heroes, all like the Avengers were, into like the new Justice League. But then I would say, eventually, so I would get Booster Gold. We would get Blue Beetle. Um, I would get like Dick Grayson eventually as like a leader of them, like because he like he was close with Batman and he knew blah blah blah. So I would get Dick Grayson in there. I would bring in people, even if he would be harder to do, but a Beast Boy movie would be harder. But figure out how to make that work out too as well, and just make this you know, hodgepodge group of uh, heroes 
And then my next my next next point would be like after they do they get to join together they fight whatever threat make it Starro or something like that so that it's goofy enough but fun enough which I think they're going to do Starro in the next Suicide Squad so we may not be able to have it but have them like get Starro somebody they fight off them and then like the next one has like you know they do sequels for everybody and then the next one the, the second Justice League or I guess would be third at this point will be a situation where they have to fight Darkseid and they realize like shit. And then I'm gonna steal from the Avengers. They have to go back in time and fix the nexus point of the Justice League being destroyed, so that the Justice League can help save off this threat. And then we can play with the time shenanigans. And we can go back to fucked up parts of the DC universe and boost the gold and all them funny like fix the shit and make it like make Wonder Woman eighty four and that suck. And oh my like God. That, going through the timeline and it kind of makes it like that. Also, kind of that. Also, I feel like once you get fixed that Justice League. You can shoot that original one with Booster Gold in them off into the Legends. So you can start a whole other franchise with them being the Legends of Tomorrow, because that's what I already do on time, time shenanigans or whatever. But then now you set back your real Justice League back in the right accordance and you move forward. But I think I'm like you. I think Booster Gold would be the best way to go because he is funny enough and silly enough. It's kind of like the Shazam movie, but more adult. And you can kind of get away with the fact that like he's not a good hero. So it kind of gives them that underdog, you know, believability, like make them come to the end of the movie that he figures out, okay, I can be a hero and it's not for the money, blah, blah, blah. And then he can meet Jaime and be like, that could set up to the next movie. Because I think, I think they're actually trying to do a Blue Beetle movie with Jaime, but I think Jaime is like gold because you get the whole talking beetle. That's all like, I mean, you can pretty much play Jaime like you play Peter Parker. Yeah. Like how Peter Parker's um his suit had the whole kill mode and all that with Iron Man. <laughs> how makes Beatles pretty much the same way. Like a little bit more murder. You want me to eliminate it? Like yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I think Booster Gold is the way because that way you can get time travel involved and that way you can kind of fix and retcon all that bullshit. Or my last one was that you just do Flashpoint and you can wipe away all that shit in one movie and pretend like it never happened and just do Flashpoint <laughs> and then you can get all the heroes back the way you want them. Because whatever Barry Allen did, he fucked up the timeline, and now everything changed. And these heroes, Superman's actually not a broody bitch, and Batman actually, you know, didn't yeah. lose Robin when we did off camera and off screen. Who the fuck does that, Zack Snyder? Really? One of the biggest, biggest things of Batman's mythology you do off screen, like no one knows about, no one hears about. You just see the suit. Like, give me a fucking break, like. At least he mentioned Robin, though, all right? Like, a lot of times they're like, oh, Robin, like, they, he's like the redheaded stepchild. They don't even, like, mention, like, one of the best superheroes in the DC universe. They kind of keep, keep like, him as a, in, the, in the closet. Like, Robin is awesome. <laughs> At least he mentioned him. And he wasn't a 40-year-old man. <laughs> like, oh, oh yeah. my parents died. Chris, well, I can't remember the last name, but you're, like, 30. Who cares? Go, go get a job. <laughs> Oh, we're in the twenty twenties. It's hard to sell a boy in tights now, running around with an old man. I'm just saying, there's a lot of questions <laughs> that are going to be asked. You, you can age you can like, about not like a child, but you can do like a teenager, like someone who's like 15, yeah. 16, who's got like you know angst and anger, who's all like, "Oh, what was me? I want to beat up everybody." And you have you know Bruce Wayne, who's nothing but angst and anger, trying to like stop him from being like a murderous thug and rather just like say hey you can channel your your energy into a more i wouldn't say more constructive but a less destructive way right. <laughs> you know instead of killing people just put them in the hospital it's 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 better <laughs> <laughs> put them in the hospital. 
Well, yeah, I mean, hell, you could just might as well just start with Jason Todd being the Robin, then, and just run that Red Hood story pretty much, and just have an adult Dick Grayson be part of it. Like yeah. again, we don't need origin stories for these guys. Like if people don't know who these people are, we have a thing called Google. People can find their backstories very easily. Like I don't know anybody who's gonna walk into a superhero movie and not know. You can just hint to it. You can just you know, it's called dialogue. It's called you know, like. Hey, I haven't seen you in five years. Where have you been, Dick? He's like, oh, I've been in Bloodhaven. You, you know, you have this be a part of the storyline. Like, you know, Dick Grayson hasn't been around, but he used to work with Batman. You know, he used to go by Robin. You know, it doesn't have to be like, you know, let's do a whole movie about where Robin came from and why Jason Todd's <laughs> mad or anything like that. You you can do it all in the same movie. You just don't make that the the primary focus of the story. It's, it's not, I mean... Obviously, I don't do it, so it's, it's it probably is right. rocket science, but it's not rocket science. Right? It, it is. It isn't hard. Um, so I guess in closing notes, do we think the DC universe will turn itself around, Jaron? To your point earlier, Jason, that would have to be one hell of a time heist to fix Wonder Woman eighty four. Um, <laughs> one hell of a time heist. Don't know if that could. First, you got you got to talk to her about consent. And what that means? <laughs> she definitely like mind control rape that dude. Let's <laughs> yeah. mm, mm. uh, maybe in in, in Famouscura, they don't have to worry about consent, but here in America, that's a big deal. Nowadays, <laughs> big right? deal. You should, you should. <laughs> what was the point? You had a wish. It was a wish. Just fucking make him blink into existence. Next I episode, we can go all into the, on this movie, please, because oh I have God. so many notes. <laughs> Because Batman didn't know about her, had to find her out later, found out about her, you know. So they, and they so only they had were, a picture of her from 1911. And it's like, right. dude, she's running around 80s DC. Like, yeah. someone got a picture of her. <laughs> she took her TR off or whatever and hit a security camera. You know, they're, still- they're, they're attached to uh, videotapes. <laughs> she just yeah. the videotapes. She destroyed the camera. It's not in the eighties. It was just fake video tapes and cameras. You know, when that happened, they're pulling the tapes. Got to check that shit out. <laughs> like, did you see this? Check, where was he wearing? You definitely want to check that out. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So, so uh, Jason, any hope? In, y'all got any hope in fixing it? I have hope in the next Batman movie. I have hope in the next Suicide Squad movie. But after that, I have no hope. I mean, it's mm. they're just, I mean, it's AT&T at this point. And but AT&T not. is probably one of the greediest, most I don't give a fuck about the consumer companies of all time. Like, I got them, and they be fucking me up on my bill every month. They don't care about anything. They just want their, their dollars and cents. So... They will put their fingers in anything that they will. They feel like they need to put their fingers into. So I have no hope. But hopefully the next two movies will be good. I don't know. Uh, I'm right there with you. I, I think it's done. I think they need to go ahead and put this to bed and, and start all over again. Um, well, that is us. Before we leave real quick, me and Jared talked about it. Better Avatar, Korra or Aang? You'll get me beat up. <laughs> Korra, 100%. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You're gonna get me beat up, man. I can't say that stuff out loud. <laughs> hey, I say it all the time. Course, the better Avatar. <laughs> I was a big Cora. fan of Juan. <laughs> I'm also a big fan of Juan as well. Juan is awesome. okay. Next show, we're ranking <laughs> top. Our next show, then. He's <laughs> <Cora's> <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, Aang, Cora's, Juan, and um, 
Roku. Kyoshi, Kyoshi's, and um, yeah, and Roku. Oh yeah, so we got, we got yeah, top you, five avatars. We'll rank next for the beginning of the show next week. You got the, so, uh, we'll, the surfing waterbender guy whose wife's face got stolen by Co. And he was a relaxed. You know he's dead last. Come on, we know he's dead last. He he even said he was dead last. He was like, yeah. "No, nah, I wasn't a good avatar. Don't ask for my advice." Next. <laughs> That joker was like, yeah, nah, I sucked at my job. I was just always trying to surf, my man. Surf and get bathed. You need to ask yeah. for these other ones. Okay. The waterbender being a surfer, that's like match made in heaven. It's like, oh, there's going no to be swells. All right, next episode, we're going to rank avatars. Then we're going to let Jason air out his grief, uh, grief on Wonder Woman 84. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. Again, please remember to like, share, subscribe. The Head Cannon Circus on Facebook, YouTube, on all DSPs, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM. You can find us everywhere. So please join us. Uh, please comment. Maybe it's something that you're watching that you're loving that you think we should review or talk about. We'll talk about it. Jaron will bring his notes um, <laughs> and dissect it. We will do that. Um, Jaron, anything you want to say to anybody before we get off? Thanks for having me, man. Had a blast. Hey, man, Jaren's in Home Alone, man. He's Macaulay Culkin in it, like, this weekend. <laughs> Jason, about you, anything you want to say to anybody? Just be kind to one another. That's all. Hey, greatest words to end on, guys. We will see you all next week. We out of here. Peace.